Hey everybody, this is Eric Mueller, the host of The Eric Mueller Show. Now you're tuned into the podcast that explores what makes any successful person's inner clock tick by unlocking the most impactful tools within their success portfolio. I'm joined today by Wiley McGraw, a former star pitcher, competitive bull rider, and a three-tour combat veteran. It was through those intense experiences that he discovered his crazy superpower of being able to expose the blind spots that erupt and eradicate the stress and fully unleash the untapped potential of high achievers. Let's head on over to the interview. Wiley, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. I, I think that, you know, you really offer, I, I feel like, a unique, powerful way to view this. And if, if visitors go to your website, you'll see, you know, there's some powerful verbiage. And, and the Eric Mueller show is not necessarily, you know, there's not F-bombs thrown around a lot, but, but we will do it sometimes. So, so Wiley, if he gets a little fired up and a little powerful, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's completely cool. And I think it'll make his experiences shown, you know, shine through. <laughs> You know, and as a combat veteran too, Wiley, I mean, you're not, there's certain things where you don't want to censor, you know, sometimes you just say what you feel, right? So I, I think before we, we, before we dive deep into this talk and really look at your entrepreneurial story and, and the expertise you have, you know, really as a performance acceleration person that can help people get to the next level and achieve their full potential. Before we get to that, we want to know what makes up your success portfolio. So if you're new to this show, you know, a quick background, a really simplistic way to view it is to just think about a financial portfolio that you invest in, maybe your retirement account, maybe you have some different, you know, personal investments, but you invest in those on a consistent basis with money mm-hmm. so that you can realize a hopeful financial windfall in the future. Well, on this show, I really want to discover how successful people like Wiley invest in themselves and build that foundation for their success. So Wiley, start us off here. What are some skills, traits, habits, mindsets that make up your success portfolio? I like it. It's uh, that's a good way to that's a good way to truncate it down so people can wrap their mind around uh, these different uh, habits, mindsets, attitudes, uh, and whatnot to invest in. For me, I've heard so many different people share their insights about this, especially listen to a couple of your episodes. But the reality is, the number one priority I have always focused on investing in is myself and my health. Um, and I, when I mean invest in my health, I don't mean just simply. Uh, you know, eating some decent food and maybe taking some supplements. I'm, I'm talking about constantly exploring the full spectrum range of what it means to be in my body, to what, who I am, the set point of maybe my attitude, uh, my habits specifically, uh, how my body operates with different types of foods and different cycles, the exercise routines that I constantly change up. Health to me is the absolute number one priority. I think that gets wildly overlooked and, and sometimes it's almost like skewed or people skim through it. They think as long as they do a little bit of it, it'll help me. And it does. Some of that does. If you're doing something, at least you're doing something. But the reality is for me, my, my investment portfolio really has always been investing in my health, my mindset, my emotional uh, qualities on how I handle and manage myself in stress. I think that is what is, has allowed me to discover who I really am, no matter what I'm facing in life. And then from that point, I started making investments in uh, resources that would support my constant ability to sustain myself at an optimal level in my health, in my uh, ability to handle stress because of what I do out in the world requires it. And any real relationship and interaction you have, 
you find that those relationships thrive, those interactions are, are positive because you as a set point, as this epicenter is at its peak consistently because you're investing day in and day out. Majority of my money I even have goes into my health on a daily basis. So that's what I, I would share with you. Yeah, I think that's a great way to start off, Wiley, because, you know, really what, what I take away from that is, you know, be your own best friend, be your own, you know, best cheerleader, because at the end of the day, you know, you have family yeah. and friends and people that are, you know, more than likely your ride or dies that are going to be there all the time until they're not, you know, there's, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't take a lot to see, you know, there's, there's betrayal out there. There's certain things, people are not always who you think they are. And so if you are your, <laughs> if you are your best friend and you are going to, you know, push yourself to, to invest in your mental health and your physical health and really make sure that, you know, yeah. you're taking good care of Wiley, I think that really can set you up to, you know, have that mindset piece, which seems to be such a common thread of people that are successful. Would you, would you agree with that, Wiley? I would. I mean, and the majority of people that will use that, that term success in air quotes, you know, lightly is it's all subjective to individuals. But finding success is I mean, I find success when I get up at four o'clock in the morning. I find it when I'm able to pray, then go to the gym and exercise uh, to the degree that my body wants and likes rather than overriding it and pushing it through things that maybe it shouldn't go through in that moment. I found that the investment in um, even just my ability to understand my surroundings and being able to interact with people where, um, how do I, how do I handle when people like that show up in my life? Do I allow their bad habits, their, their bad attitudes, their poor standards to affect mine? And then it's this constant investment in self-reflection, constant investment in my faith, constantly investing in that space of understanding that I don't have it all figured out and I don't have all the answers. But I'm always in a position where I'm allowing myself to invest in those that are in my life to support who I am and vice versa. And I give back to that. And I think that's the other part of the investment portfolio is I give back to those around me as well. And it becomes this very beautiful like dance. And I, that really supports my ability to be successful. And I think other people that are successful do some form of that in their own life as well. Yeah, I, I think that's a common thread too of, of being philanthropic and you know wanting to give back and, and help foster you know, if you, you maybe see people that are in stages that you knew you, you were once in and you think, you know, I, I can provide value and I can help them. And this could kind of get into maybe a little bit of what you do specifically for, for your clients with being that, that accelerator. But you mentioned something that I think is important to address as well. And I, I generally ask everybody the same question, but it, it's what is the definition of success? And you shared, you know, that it is subjective, but I'll put you on the spot here, Wiley, and just ask, uh, yeah. you, you mentioned, you know, you find success at four in the morning, but if you were to just have to define the word success in a few sentences or a phrase, what would that be for you in this current moment? And has that changed over time? Yeah, specifically my own subjective definition of success or what I kind yeah. of overall think is. Oh, yeah, I think, I think for um, why, what is, what is success for Wiley? The small, the small wins, the small, um, blessings, I think to me are successful. My ability to just get up in the morning for me is, is a huge win. I mean, getting up at four o'clock in the morning, again, I'm not, it's not for everyone. You know, I'm not part of the Jocko Willing 4, 4 a.m. club either, but it's just a natural habit of mine where I've built it over time. I mean, being former military, we always had to get up early, but I find peace when I get up at four, when I go to the gym at 4.30, when I'm out in the mountains hiking around because nobody's around. I, it's still, there's no distraction. To me, that's success. I think I can sit back and allow myself to be able to find blessings in the successes of accomplishing the smallest tasks 
having a great interaction with my wife and my dog, uh, meeting people on the street and great conversations, not avoiding uncomfortable situations, but confronting them because that's the only way we grow. I find to me, it is over the years as a guy that's grown, getting out of the military, developing what it is that I understand about myself, facing my demons, battling through the stresses that have consumed me from combat, my combat experiences, family traumas, et cetera, getting to the place where realizing that none of that has an effect on who I am and how I interact with others to me is successful. The stuff that I'm able to do, make, you know, help optimizing the lives of these prominent people, accelerating, you know, the lives of other people around me, making money, all of those things are byproducts of achievement. To me, that's cool. Those are cool successes. I don't feel successful until I know that my relationship is always on point, my health is always on point, and I'm able to function and be an example out in the world for others to follow rather than just going out and getting stuff done. That's to me success. And it's changed over the years. It's gotten better. It's gotten more robust. And now I'm able to sustain it because I have those standards and I will not waver for anybody or anyone or any amount of money. And to me, that is success. When you're able to hold to that at all costs, and you're willing to face consequences even at the expense of your own financial livelihood, to me, that's success. That's my personal opinion on that. Yeah, and I'm smiling here if you're watching YouTube because I'm thinking of, of the movie The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg and John Goodman. I don't know if you've seen that, Wiley. Not but seen, it's, I have not, it's, no. It's getting to, a, to an FU mentality. You know, so it's getting to that, you know, he's talking about it in terms of money, but it's like when you can say that, you know, and we'll, you know, say it liberally. I mean, we could say, you know, it's saying, fuck you. It's like you, you have the ability to, to do what you want to do. And when you reach that point, if you can reach that, I mean, that's to me, that's kind of what I feel like success is, you know, it's freedom in, in a way and being able to know that you're putting in your best effort and having, you know, kind of a, a freedom to choose how you spend your time. I think that's really at least my, my, my personal definition of success kind of centers around that. So I don't know if you've found that yeah. to be, I don't know if you've found that you've gotten more, more time freedom as you've, you know, gone more into the entrepreneurial side. I mean, it certainly would sound like you have more freedom than like in the, in the military. I mean, that's pretty structured. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. you're not really able to, at least from the outside yeah. looking in, it seems like you're not really able to say, I'll, I don't want to do that today. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out there and, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to work out with the, luxury. with the group today, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't get that luxury. I mean, your weekends when you're not training or deployed, yeah, those are your, even then you still are under the thumb of, you know, your service. And that's a different, that's a completely different world. But I wanted to throw something in, you said it, and it started to, to kind of stimulate within me that I, I, I constantly challenge people when I interact with them. It's easy for us to feel successful and blessed when things are going well for us. And it's our, our society, our culture, it wants to avoid the really ugly and uncomfortable parts of life. And then we look at the good things that happen and say, I'm successful here because of this. I look back at my time when I got out of the military, transitioning my first year back out, and any veteran will tell you, especially those that have actually been in, been in combat and seen combat, is, is the hardest. Because we're acclimating to back into the civilian world, interacting with people that we're not all on the same page, focused you know, to the guy to the left and right of us on a specific mission, we get out and everybody's selfish. Everybody's in this selfish world, me, me, me attitude. And I think that's what's breaking our culture and our society is because it's this idea of you do you and I do me and I, what I do doesn't affect you. And I look at it as success also for me happened when I was struggling. It happened when I was broke. It happened when I was confused about which direction to take. What skills did I have to offer the world post-military? To me, I look back and go, you know what? I was successful because I still was able to get up and face 
those dark times and still act upon it. And I think that's, to me, we, we overlook that. I think one people that are hearing this should realize that life is not successful only when things are going well for you and only when things feel good. I think if we can start valuing and seeing the successes in the chaos and seeing successes in the failures and successes in the darkness and in successes in the stress and pain that we go through and realize that's actually part of our ability to be overall successful in life, we'll find that we will more gracefully approach the goals that we're looking to accomplish than the struggle that I think most people are under because they are they caught up in the idea that when it's bad, I don't like it. So I'm going to try my hard, hardest to grind my way out of this so I can get to this visionary success the, at the end of the yellow brick road. So it, to me, I wanted to add that in there to make sure that that was a point that landed. Yeah, no, that that's a great point, and kind of kind of segues into the 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 area that I thought we could maybe expand more on is kind of that maybe sure. the high achievement versus high performance delineation, and kind of what is the difference between that? And you know, if you're you're looking at the cover of the album art of the show here, you can see that's the title of this episode. And so, Wiley, really, like you know, high achievement, like you just shared. If you look back and say, "Almost, I am successful because of insert achievement," versus you know you were high performing and you were putting in your best effort. You can't yeah. always, you can't control the result. You can control the input. And, you know, I, I think of sports with that. I mean, you watch a game like the Super Bowl or something. It's like both, both teams, you'd probably agree, are, are pretty high-performing teams. Everybody's playing, sure. you know, at least they would hope as close to their potential as they can. But the high achievement, you're looking back, it's like, did you or did you not win the Super Bowl? It's, it's kind of that standpoint. Is one really more successful over the other in reality? Because I think having those external metrics on the success all the time certainly can be a lot more of a, a way to lead into unhappiness versus happiness. I think more people are unhappy because they're hyper-focused on the numbers. They're hyper-focused on uh, the metric, the, the uh, systematic linear metrics of what achievement or performance means. Uh, you know, I, I had a past Wall Street client that I worked with who became his own after 15 plus years, wanted to get into the private sector and become his own you know, financial coach and work with you know, business owners, et cetera. And we met at an international event and it's amazing how breaking his mindset 15 plus years uh, around the idea that performance is a measurement of numbers. It's a measurement of how much money I could make this company. And he was running a $1.1 billion portfolio. So it's like he was operating from this place, but he didn't understand that the factors that affect his ability to, I'm going to use this word, achieve the numbers his company expected of him in this Fortune 100 company expected of him were directly in proportionate to his personal performance outside of work. So what happens is people think that performance, your personal and professional performance and achievement are mutually exclusive and they're not. You can't walk through the door at your office and think that, that the fight you just had with your partner at home is not going to somehow seep into your work effectiveness, your ability to focus, your decision-making processes, your skill sets capabilities. And to me, we are so heavy focused in America on achievement mindset. How much can you get done in the, the amount of time that you have provided to you? What type of results do you produce when you check boxes and, and accomplish those tasks? And then we forget the actual performance side of thing, which performance is a measurement of you in relationship to yourself at any given moment. And it will always change. I talked to a former pro ball player recently. Uh, him and I are going to get together and we're going to break some bread and talk about some other things. Because he, he's like, man, I really wish 
that we had guys like you available to us when I was in the league because majority of the ball players, he said, are only performing at 60 to 70% of their maximum potential. On the outside, we th- see these guys like, wow, look at, they're making millions of dollars. They are like beasts, they're machines. And he's like, yeah, I know you know this well, Wiley. He goes, but the problem is most guys are off season doing drugs, partying, you know, they're dealing with like extramarital affairs. He goes, the team owners and, and managers are doing the same thing. He goes, it's chaos, man. There's so much pain and suffering going on. He goes, we only can go as far as our leaders. He goes, they expect us to show up. So we're performing 100% of that 60% of capability. Can you imagine who we would be if we were at 100% at all times? They'd have to pay us more money. We'd probably be even better. I mean, people would be blown away. And I said, I understand that. He goes, so we're caught up in the achievement mindset rather than on the performance aspect of who we are and how that relates to our effectiveness on the field. And I think a lot of people are missing the mark thinking, performance just means I'm able to achieve a high level of status and notoriety. I look at it as this, every single day, I'm not 100% when I go to the gym. I get to the gym, sometimes I'm a little, just a little tired. Maybe I went to bed an hour later than I wanted to, and I worked really hard on a project or I had something going on, got on a podcast like this, whatever it might've been. I still show up and I still put 100% into my personal performance based on where I'm at in that moment. I relate to myself, I reflecting, you know what? I shouldn't do that extra set. I shouldn't do that extra uh, mile on the treadmill, or I shouldn't go over here because I can feel and understand I'm going to go as far as I'm capable. And that's my performance for the day. And then I'm going to turn around and see how that naturally allows me to still perform throughout the day. It doesn't affect me in a negative way. I can still understand the achievement that I will have is birthed from my ability to understand the performance measurements that I have made with my relationship to myself, rather than on the matter of numbers or accomplishments or ability to check boxes at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think that's a, uh, a unique kind of way to, to view that specific topic is to, to think about the gym, because I think that's something that's so relatable for most people. And you actually shared a pre-interview, sure, Wiley, sure. about the, you know, you don't want to just go to the gym and just leave and the end result be you just had pain. I mean, it's like you, you're being and you're, you're, you're getting yourself in tune with your body and knowing that it is right. okay to give yourself a little grace and not, it's like, I'm going to be worse off if I push and do this extra set today, maybe not tomorrow, but today that, that could be the wrong decision. Maybe I'll get injured or maybe it, you know, you're, you're, you're performing at the highest level that you're able to in that moment. I think that's a great way to view that. I, I love that you said that. And it, and it also kind of leads me to a follow-up question for you of, do you believe it's, it's possible to be a high achiever without being a high performer? Is, is that something that you've seen? Are, is, are people able to achieve great yes. things without actually performing at a high level? I, I do. It's happening right now all around us. <laughs> I mean, our politicians, our business leaders, some of these, and, I, and again, I use these air quotes. I had a conversation with a former Navy SEAL who talked, he goes, I hate that word influencer, but influencer, I use it in air quotes uh, for those that are just listening. But they're all out there achieving marvelous things. However, if you were to yank the curtain back in their personal lives, are they really performing at the top of their game on a consistent basis? Are we measuring what they're achieving, the, the, the goals they're hitting, the, the innovations they are creating for us as a people? Are they doing that at their maximum potential? I guarantee they're not. And, I, and I'm confidently going to say that. And, and I, you know, people will have different opinions and they'll be like, this guy's full of it. But the truth is, I work with a lot of these people. 
And most of them have been on TV. They've had the, the innovations, the creations. These are CEOs. These are public figures. I've worked with a couple of celebrities. I've, I've been around a lot of high performing athletes. The truth is they have never had anybody who's been able to marry those two parts of themselves so that they function well together. They're achieving marvelous things, but their performance is lagging behind it. And they don't have anyone who knows how to bridge that gap because they don't have anybody that gets into the nuanced areas of their life that are affecting their ability to make those two meet. Uh, they have the coaches and the advisors, they have the consultants, they have the confidants, whatever label you wanna throw on the human being that's there by their side. And most of those resources, most of those celebrity gurus and coaches approach that transformative process with their clients from the outside in. They do it based on their years of studies, their years of watching people, and they try to like slap that post-it on their client and go do it this way. It's worked for all these other people. It can work for you. And it does create some like a modicum of movement and results for people. But the reality is when they're done, they're kind of like, okay, I'm still jacked and I'm not where I really want to be yet. I'm still capable of giving my talent, given my focus and my determination to achieve massively great things for people. And so what we do now is we've conditioned ourselves in our society to say, well, anybody that says that person is not a great human is just jealous of that guy because he's got all the money. And he's jealous of that guy because you look what he can create. Who of you and how many followers do you have? And who are you to say anything to those people? And it's like, well, if you pay attention, if you self-reflect, you realize I personally with you, Eric, I'm not saying they're bad people. What I'm saying is how much more could you be? What else could you really accomplish? How much more positive impact could you technically have on the masses if we were to focus on facing whatever demons, and I use that in air quotes, you are dealing with, literally, what stresses you've swept under the rug, what kind of gaps are, are in your own personal life that need to be closed, or the proverbial blind spots, who can battle you the right way to give you what it is you actually need? What what is possible for you? Could we be on, on another solar system with Elon if, if that was the case? Could we be over here actually understanding how to, to use both sides of the energy situation, green and coal? I mean, we, I mean, there's so many different things. Could our politicians stop lying for one second and actually do what's right rather than trying to be what be right all the time? I think we could, but we're so afraid to step on those toes. And I'm and I'm sitting here going that, yeah, you can be both, but you need somebody who's willing to get into the, to the trenches with you and see the nuanced areas of your life that nobody else will go after and actually do whatever it takes, even at the expense of your own personal growth. I use that, not personal growth, but your own, I would say, um, reputation or your own, you know, results for your personal self. I'm willing to do whatever it takes, are you? And that's what I think is missing. It was, we don't have enough people challenging these powerful folks the right way. And I think anybody, even a small business owner could do it. They just have to be willing to, to, to I would say, set aside the feel good things that they're used to, that the, the stuff that the, and get to the place of things that scare them, that rattle them from within and realize this is what it takes to marry the two versions of myself. I can achieve great things and be a high performer if I'm willing to do the hard stuff that scares me. If I'm willing to face the truth, I kind of don't want to look at right now. Yeah. And, and Wiley, you are a guy that can help someone do that, right? I mean, you, you have your, your radical performance acceleration, you know, company that you, you've been able to help these, yeah. you know, people that are, you know, like you mentioned, celebrities and people that are people that we'd probably, you know, from the public eye look at and think they've got it all. And it's like, we don't know, right. like you mentioned, peeling back the curtain, what is, 
how's yeah. their how's their life yeah. at home? You know, what what about their mental health? I mean, so I think those aspects are certainly <laughs> it, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What were yeah. you going to say? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was laughing because it's like, yeah, you can see it on Twitter. You can see it all over across social media. It's blazingly in your face right now on how messed up their lives really are. It's like, okay, but people, again, when you match whatever level someone's at, a lot of the people aren't going to see it that way. They're not, they're going to be like, what's wrong? I don't see what's wrong. Look how great they are, how, what they're seeing things I like. They're, they're doing the things I want to do. And it's this, idolization of people that have all the money and they have all the the things but that's those are byproducts i really want to see leaders stepping up and going i'm willing to sacrifice everything i've got to do what's morally right what's sound and what's better for the people around me rather than to sell for the sake of my bottom line first and then tout how i'm for the people if you will i'm again loose terms here I, that's why i laugh because it's like there are I didn't choose wake up one day and go, I just want to work with elite people. It just naturally happened. But I realized because of that investment in my portfolio of health and understanding myself and facing battle with my demons and getting to a place of true optimization and knowing who Wiley McGraw really is, it naturally built around me. I was meant and built to work with these types of people. That's the capacity I discovered. I think that comes back to your point. It's like, yes, we have to just go, you know what? Those are humans. I'm human. What, where in my life, what are the things I'm avoiding that I maybe need to confront? Where are the things that I don't want to look at that maybe I need to, to actually execute upon and do? What are the action steps I'm not taking right now that I should probably just take? Because even if it doesn't work out, just doing the movement might produce a door opening up for me that I otherwise would not see because I've avoided it. And that's what these powerful people are doing. And I want everybody to start taking those action steps that are going to kick doors open rather than avoid the door and try to go through the window because you don't know what's on the other side of the door. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll kind of, I, I think getting into, you know, maybe the avoidance of stress and avoidance of fear and, and instead leaning into that and, and, you know, exercising your demons. I think that'll be a good thing to talk about in yeah. just a second, but I, I don't want to forget to, to mention, I, I, there's a quote by Jim Carrey and I saw it the other day and I actually just brought it up to my dad today because I thought it was so spot on and it really made me think. And Jim says that he, he thinks that everyone should become rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of just so they can see that it's not the answer. And so like that hit me. I was like, yeah. that's crazy. Cause yeah. you, you kind of like we yeah. were just talking about with the people that you see and, you know, NFL players, you know, comedians, politicians, people that are in the public eye. And you could think at a, at a ground foot, you know, ground level, it's like they've got everything. They, they have everything that, you know, they're, they're living their own dream and it's like they got money, they got fame. But yeah, it's like you're not seeing those those elements of like they are people too. And they have, you know, think of yeah. as a listener right now, think of think of the problems you're facing in your life. And I think even further than that, think of the problems you're facing in your life that most people don't know about. I think that's another aspect of like it's so deep within that, you know, it's probably such a deep rooted fear in some of the problems we deal with where we don't even yeah. want to admit to ourselves that it is a problem. So, so Wiley, getting into the conversation of how to approach stress and fear, and you have a military background, so I, I, I really can't imagine that being in some of those situations, like there's got to be some level of fear, but you can't maybe be, you can't be afraid to act. You have to still act and move forward. You can't yeah. be paralyzed by fear. That's at least how I kind of view it with, with thinking of people in the military. I'm not in the military, so I don't have that experience, but how do you approach those two aspects? And maybe with clients, how do you lead them through 
facing their fears and overcoming them rather than running from them. Yeah, that phenomenal. There's so much we can, I mean, this is like an onion. We can peel back for hours probably, but I'll, I'll do everything I can to truncate it. I, I want to share with your audience too, because you made a good point. We all inherently intuitively know at the core, the habits, the standards, and the attitudes and mindsets we have that aren't working for us. We know when they're wrong. We know, we know we should be eating that donut when we should be, you know, exercising and drinking, you know, and eating the clean, the clean food. We also know at the core, what are, like you said, what are those things that I am in fact avoiding personally that nobody else knows about? And I would just challenge the people that are listening. It doesn't matter what level you're at, how much money you make in your business, who you are, truly just go, you know what, sit down in silence, get away from the distractions and you'll get the answer. Pray, meditate, ask questions, even in your own mind. Just simply go, you know what, what is it that I have truly been avoiding at all costs that nobody else knows about that I might be suffering with, even though... It sucks and find yourself being comfortable with that discomfort because when you can start with that little that little success to me is when you feel the pit of your stomach, get nervous, sit with that for a minute longer than you typically would. Just that extra go just beyond where you typically would want to avoid that or distract or find something to pull your, your emotions away from it and you'll find how that stretches your capacity. And the next time you're faced with an uncomfortable situation, you might find yourself reacting innately much differently than you did before. It's those little tools that seem so, it's almost like simplistic, but they're so powerful. At an Olympic athlete who, hammer thrower, and he says his, his gold medal coaches would teach him, when you get butterflies, I want you to focus on those butterflies, start to visualize them flying in a formation around your stomach rather than being chaotic. Then when you see them flying in your stomach that way, then channel that feeling, power into your throat. And watch how much further your hammer goes. And he was throwing an extra 12 to 14 feet on his hammer doing that rather than letting him just be all over the place. That was a very powerful tool for him. So That's really cool. That's a cool story. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. So going back to your question, how, how to approach fear? Well, that's a form of fear. Yeah. People are afraid of discomfort. They're afraid of the nervousness they feel when they have to have a hard conversation with a loved one or a boss or a colleague. Um, they, they're afraid of facing uh, uncomfortable truths about themselves. They, they are afraid of change. All humans are afraid of change. They, they, but seeking out what scares you rather than avoiding it is actually how you accelerate and move through those things much more efficiently than trying to tiptoe around it. And in the military, it, it's training. We train, we train, we train, we train, we train, we train, we train. We train under the circumstances in which we're going to fight, period. So we're, you know, I was in the combat arms jobs, a light infantry guy, I specialize in mortar gun systems. I was with the 101st Airborne Division, and more specifically the 187 Infantry Rockassons, a very uh, you know, specific infantry unit in the United States Army. And I worked a lot of SEALs, Green Berets, Rangers overseas in Afghanistan and Iraq. And it, it was always, we are trained relentlessly. And that's the, the key component. Invest in your training, whatever you're doing. Fear is inherently going to be there. It is coming from something that wants to distract you, wants to take you off kilter, wants to mess up your game. It's learning how to embrace that fear and using it as an ally comes from getting yourself in a position where you are training and having someone by your side who knows how to pull you through it and keep you in that almost contained environment so you can understand your left and right limits if you will you know where your your limits really are and then how to stretch past those limits and the capacity you have that's why we were so efficient in our job and why the military works the way it does 
Okay. It's, it's, we're bought into that operation. Civilians, it's a different story, but it doesn't mean we can't parlay those attitudes and aspects. Reality is I, I even wrote a chapter in a book called peak performance mindset tools for business by uh, uh, Eric Steven, uh, Steven, Steverson. He asked about 24 of us to write this like co-op book. And my chapter was all about fear, how to yield to fear and how it helps you accelerate and optimize your ability to succeed in what it is that you do. And it's a very unique chapter that I got to write and I had fun doing it, but I really look back at all my life's experiences from being an athlete, a competitive bull rider, a combat vet, doing all those things, even get out of the military, work in private security for, for, you know, country stars and stuff like that. It's every time I was faced with a situation that was out of my control, I learned to slow down and be present in the moment and realize fear is going to be here. And when fear shows up, how do I make it an ally? Well, that's all about focus. That's all about discipline. That is all about taking that breath and allowing that feeling to be present with you and, and then using it in support of what you're going to do and whatever reaction or action you're going to take. It sounds, what does that mean? How, how do I do that? Starts with that little exercise I even talked about. Sit down, feel the discomfort of something you might need to do you don't want to do. And instead of distracting and, and, and moving away from it, sit a little longer and then sit a little longer and then sit a little longer. Learn to find the pleasure in discomfort is how you allow fear then become your ally. And that's really what I would say. And the clients I work with, I live with my clients. I travel with my clients. I'm with them by their side 24-7 for upwards of a year. I only It's very intimate. It's very, very intimate and very deep. And I don't let them get away with anything. It's like if they are tripping over their shoe right in front of me, I correct it right there in that moment. If they say something out of, out of color, I correct it right in the moment. If they are acting or performing or, or doing something that's I, I can see that's going to mess everything up in the long run, but either short-sightedness might think that they're doing the right thing. That's why I unfuck it. It's like I write in the moment, I, I will fight someone if I have to, to, to recenter them and put them in the right direction. That is the nature of how I help them calibrate to understanding what fears they're facing, what discomforts they're overriding, and what it is they actually need to do to accelerate to their ultimate level of, of peace and satisfaction and happiness and joy and balance with the successes they create as that achiever. That's what performance to them is like, how do I achieve peace? So that keeps me in a sustainable place of operating. So the best way I'm trying to, the best way I can say it is, is, is find, find someone that literally will, will basically body slam you, metaphorically speaking, every time you mess up. Find a confidant, a coach, a, a person around you that you feel like has got it all, uh, when it comes to like keeping you focused and, and pull them close. Whether it's a friend, a family member, a coach, a, you know, it doesn't matter. Get someone that you cannot say no to. It's like, it's, I don't want to do that. It doesn't matter. You're going to do it. You're going to do it right now. And it sounds simple, but the reality is who's willing to do it? Who's willing to fight you? Who's willing to literally get in your face and put you through the ringer so that you can sit with that discomfort and that fear and find the value in it and how much more it feel it gives you and your performance. And then that parlays into your ability to achieve those goals you have set out to achieve, even if it's getting up at four o'clock in the freaking morning, or if it's going out and asking for a little more money for your coaching service or doing that little extra thing to make your business grow a little bit more that year. It just is all about slowing down and being okay when it scares you. And I think that's what will help people push through those limits. Yeah, that's powerful stuff, Wiley. That that really it's hitting home. I mean, I'm just 
I'm super locked into what you're saying because it's, it's, I know I need to hear it. So hopefully people out there listening are, are feeling the same way because I think it's just so innate to want to peel back away from fear. It's kind of like if you touch like a hot oven, it's like your, your knee jerk reaction to whip your hand away and not that you're going to like, you know, keep your hand on the stove and like mm. try to burn, you know, it's like, that's not a great way to yeah. view it in terms of pushing through fear. I love that hammer thrower, yeah. that Olympic hammer thrower, you know, example of, of the butterfly meditation. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah that yeah. as a, as an athlete to me, that, that really hits home of like, how do you, you know, cause you know, you're going to be nervous leading up to an athletic event. Always. If you're, if you're a runner, if you're, Always. you know, play baseball, it's like wh- whatever you're doing, that, that, ner- that nervous feeling, at least to me, has always meant you care about the result. You care about your performance. You're not, you're you. not just going wow. through the motions. Wow. It's like it's, it's an emotion that is there for a reason. And so you're not going to think that Olympic athletes don't feel that would be just an absolute complete myth. I mean, there's no way. Do you, right? mind, if, you, mind, if, I, uh, do you mind if I interrupt and just throw something in there? I'm, uh, first of all, Eric, thank you. And I'm glad I want everybody to hear that. When you are nervous... This, my business partner has said this to me since the day that I met her. When you are nervous, that is proof that you care about what you're doing. It's care. If you don't have that, I would reevaluate what you're doing. And anybody that thinks military service members, veterans, guys that have gone into war, if you don't think we have fear, if you don't think we get nervous, then you're reading the wrong books or you're watching the wrong movies. And if anything, those guys are, those are the psychopaths that we serve with. And there's very, they're few and far between. But at the end of the day, it's, we're humans. And we're going to go, when we were faced with uncomfortable situations, we're faced with scary, uncontrollable situations. And that's the key, I would say the key word, Eric, is most people, they don't want to do things they can't have some semblance of control over. It's innate in us to try to, manage the variables with what we are doing in life. And you'll find a lot of these powerful folks out there, they, they, they talk a big game from the stage about like, you got a personal growth, personal growth, self-help, personal growth, but they got a lot of yes men around them. They got a lot of guys that they kind of have a little bit of control over what they do and what they have them put them through. They don't like when someone comes in, they can't control. And that's why they spit that person out. Again, I've had my own experiences with public figures that way. They don't like that. You can't control who I am and what I'm going to do. And I'm like, dude, that's not what this is all about. You need to surrender and realize when you cannot control what's coming at you when it comes to personal growth, those are the moments where you actually are exposing the deepest of your potential. You don't realize it in the moment, but when you are completely out of control with what your coach is going to put you through, what the military training folks cadre are going to put us through, they don't, we don't control that. They don't tell us what's going to come at us. They just give it to us. And we react to that moment. What it does is it opens up the floodgates for your personal potential and performance capabilities that are otherwise dormant. So if you can control your coach and kind of what he or she puts you through, are you really maximizing and, and unleashing your potential? Are you really stay, stepping outside that proverbial comfort zone that everyone likes to talk about and throw around so effortlessly? No. And honestly, I don't think a lot of people have no, truly known what it means to actually be outside a comfort zone, fully vulnerable, exposed, stripped down, raw, and absolutely in, in no position of controlling or leadership of that situation. That is That is what it looks and feels like. But that is also where you find what you're truly capable of accomplishing is when you're put in those positions. And if you're not willing to do that, that's okay, right? Just like Jim Carrey says, 
it's not everything that it's cracked out to be. Not everybody's meant to be, you know, a highly successful business. Maybe you're meant to make 50 grand a year. That's okay. Can you find optimization and success in that $50,000 a year job? Yes. If you're willing to actually embrace it instead of trying to be something else, even though you're not willing to do the hard, scary stuff to get there. Yeah. Wiley, where my mind went uh, when you were talking about, you know, the you know, the, it just made me think of discipline. It made me think of, I, I, I currently live in Minnesota, but I also went to college in Minnesota and I ran cross country and track and field. And there nice. were days, yep. you know, where most of the time it's like with the coaches, like you just mentioned, do I have control over the workouts that they're going to set out for us to complete for the day or the week? No. It's like that, that, and it trains you to, you know, in, in January when it's negative 35 degrees with wind chill up here, you know, it's like, do, do you necessarily want to go outside and get your run in? No. Yeah. I mean, you do, no. there's a lot of aspects no. of it you don't want to, but it, it makes me think that I can't remember where I read this quote, but it was discipline is, is doing the things you, you know you need to or should do when you don't want to do them. And that, you know, makes yeah. me think, and it kind of relates back to, to the athletic, you know, way that I tend to think of things in terms of just training and preparing. And you don't see the, you don't see all the efforts that go into training for a race but then when you run the race everyone sees you running the race and it's yep. like oh it looks it looks you know they're they're clearly prepared it looks fairly simplistic like you don't see those those no. day in and day out grinding steps and i'm sure that you know the <laughs> listeners out there you're there's you know just insert no. that into whatever you work at that that requires that and you know maybe you're a musician maybe you maybe you are, are an artist you know insert anything that that requires the work to you absolutely can't go run a marathon without training for it. But you watch someone run a marathon, and you're like, that looks, they look pretty good. They look, they look like they know what they're doing. I mean, you don't, you don't see it, yeah. but yeah. you'd have to think it's there. It just I feel like we become a little bit blind to it. And I know that you deal with you know, kind of getting people out of the blind spots and really getting them to face fears. And I'm, I'm wondering if, if there's maybe an example, without naming names, obviously, but what would be your most like, impactful yeah. client story? Maybe you've gotten asked this before. Um, just this yeah. first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, you know, I think I'll do to honor you asking the question. I'll, I'll do what I can to provide some information here. But, you know, in a conversation like this, it does come across to the average listener is that seems kind of kind of mundane. And really, that's how's that special? You know, and it's like, really, what does he really do? That's unique. But the reality is, um, it is interesting. A lot of guy, a lot of people will see will see the runner succeeding and the goal. You know that looks easy, and then try it themselves and fall on their face and quit. And they're like, okay, well, yeah, go go get some training. It's like the guy that goes in the military and goes, oh, look at that green beret stand there. It's like, yeah, but there's a year and a half pipeline of intense life altering work you've got to do to achieve that status of being a, a, a you know U.S. Army Special Forces operator. So we all want to see those things and feel good about it, but. The reality is like with my clients, the work I do is so unique and different and intimate. Again, the work I, it, everything I approach is not a program. So I don't have a systematic, I have a framework that I've developed in a way based on the relationships I've had, but everything is different for the individual that I meet. It's all third party introductions. So when I meet them, there's just this innate thing that I carry that's happened my entire life from childhood all the way now. And I erupt people's darkness the stuff they carry they can't they just vomit it out and they start to share and express it and everybody's like yeah my people do that to me too i'm like not kind of not like me i kind of deal with demonic ass stuff that comes out of people when i meet them and it's then they go i don't even know why i just said all that to you or why i shared that with you or why i even talked to you that way and then the relationship develops from there and i spend 
weeks, if not months with an individual long before they write a check, long before we decide to work together. I, that's kind of the, the nature of what I do and who I am in the beginning. It's like, it's, I'm exposing things in the dynamic when we first meet so that when I, when we're ready to work together, if I'm ready to work with them, I know who they're going to be when I put them through the ringer in that relationship that I have them commit to. And that's why they invest high level with me. That's why it's very intimate. I only work with two or three a year, but the best way I can explain it, and everybody goes through their own iterations. It's on my website at WileyMcGraw.com in my client section where I had some of my clients, an NFL coach, a celebrity, a musician. I tried to get all the different gamuts of different industries I've worked in, a personal development guy, share a little bit with me privately and, and then give me permission to use it on my website. But again, without their names, because that's privacy is com- and confidentiality are paramount to the raw nature of the work I do with these people. I've avoided and actually lost out on interviews of Rolling Stone and Vanity Fair and all these different publications because I will not disclose to them the names of my clients. It's like, there's no reason for you to know who I worked with. That's The focus should be on the nature of my work and how I'm kind of challenging the status quo of personal development. Why don't we do something about that? So I will say this, every client I ever work with, I always make them do the most radical, unconventional, confrontational things that they would never expect even their therapist to make them do. And, and I do that based on where I see in my business partner, she is very, you know, very intuitive and she's kind of like the Reaper drone in the sky and I'm the operator on the ground. And she kind of goes, look, here's where we have to go first with this person. So right off the bat, I go, you know what? I go after it and I attack it and I will say things, do things and require them to do things that they otherwise would never have. Tony Robbins never made me do that. You know, I never had my therapist never made me do that. It's like, yeah, I know that's why you're still stuck and that's why you're still here. So you're going to do it. And then we do it together. It's like a battle buddy in the trenches. But the reality is, is like, I make, I make, I scare them and I, and I, and I put them in positions to face the most uncomfortable of situations that they, they usually would never actually do on their own. And it's amazing to watch them break apart in those moments. And I'm right there with them going through the pain that they're going through. I'm right there with them experiencing what it is that's happening. I will say one client that I worked with, here's an example, public figure, 30 plus years in the business of doing what he's done. He's well-known, knows every single person known to man. And you, you name the big names, he knows them. He's friends with them. I met him through a personal contact that we both knew. She said he's, he's at a point where basically he's fried at his wit's end. He's about to throw it all away. He's done. Like his relationship suffering, his kid, all of it. He's like, I can't believe I have made and lost millions and millions upon millions of dollars. My life is not, I'm, he's basically on the verge of, I wouldn't even say ending it all, but that's the kind of attitude and mindset, the feeling of like, what was the point of all that for 33 years to only be here? And one of the things that he dealt with was an, an, an onslaught of the, like this chaotic, financial roller coaster, making it, losing it, making it, losing it, everybody taking, everybody bleeding, every, even though he had a good lifestyle. And I knew the only way to get him off that roller coaster was make him do one of the one of the one thing he absolutely told me he would refuse to do. He would never do it. It didn't matter. He would rather just me quit and walk away and never do it. And it was to make him basically, and I, I can't even share it with, I, I just can't even share it. It's like, long story short, I made him actually go around to every single massive person he knew and have the hardest conversations around finances and money for him personally without disclosing what I had him do that scared him so much 
that he almost fainted on these phone calls and in these meetings and these conversations. But the responses of his friends and his colleagues was nothing that he thought was going to happen. And what that did was it transformed his mindset, his emotions, his relationship with money in a way that he could not have gotten any other place. Simply having him do something he didn't want to do while being right there with him while he was doing it, threatening him, basically saying, look, I have got to put you through this training right now to get you to see past and move through what you real don't realize comes from your childhood, comes from your upbringing. It comes from your relationship and attitude towards money, how you view money, how you've stolen from people, how you've interacted with people, how you've sold just to sell. If you want to transform who you are now, that facet right there has to get unfucked. And the only way it's going to happen is if I put you in the hardest position you've ever been in, and that means to embarrass you, to to put to make you feel fear, to make you feel nervous, to make you feel uh, inadequate and get you into position in front of the, the people that are your peers to see the real raw you naked. That's the only way I can explain that that scenario. Transformed everything. Two days later, he he fought five x the, the amount of money he typically makes at an, uh, a live coaching event, and it went on making. I think he ended up like four four times four times in. I hate that term. Four x in his monthly income. Uh, he had private clients that were throwing one hundred twenty five thousand dollars at him a piece to work with him to do coaching with him. I mean, he just started making money hand over fist and started to feel good about what he was actually doing and producing more results for his clients, who his clients were in turn coming and telling me specifically at events, going, "Hey." Whatever you did, I want more of him. I want more of that. That's the guy that I wanted to follow. That's the guy that I want to give my money to. Everything else that before that was, I could just feel something was off with them. And I didn't want to invest until I knew he was in a good place. That's incredible, Wiley. Thanks for sharing that. And two things that came to my mind with that is there's there's a quote. I'm not certain of if it's on your website. And you mentioned WileyMcGraw.com. We'll we'll tag that in the show notes. But I think it might have been on on just your uh, you know pre one sheet interview material. And it was a quote that said, if it doesn't shock you, it won't change you. And I thought that yeah. that perfectly related to you know, that fear component. And like you just mentioned with that client, having those conversations, I certainly think we build up such a fearful narrative of what we think the response is going to be that it's, it paralyzes yeah. you into never having that conversation or never doing that. Because I can think of so many yeah. examples of things that I you know, share with, let's just say example, like my, my best friend. And it's like, you think they're going to respond one way and it's going to be, you know, it's like, oh, they're going to probably make me feel worse about, you know, this or something. Yep. And it's completely the opposite almost every time. And so I think yep. training, training your mind to, to, to not be fearful of, you know, it's like the, you, you just are playing the worst case scenario in your mind sometimes. And it just doesn't, it doesn't behoove you. It doesn't benefit you in the well, long run. Yeah. And just add that real quick. And I, again, I don't want to be too long winded with this, but here's the thing. What ends up happening is you have life experiences that, that set the benchmark for what you're projecting in the future. We're focused on so much of what may or may not happen when we have a conversation or when we ask for something or when we do something, it, it stifles our ability to just execute and do it. Now it comes from most people have bad experiences growing up from being poor, right? Money was a scarcity thing. So financially, you're going to grow up thinking you're going to hold on to that as a set point. I'm never going to be poor again. I'm never going to be poor again. And then you build something from that fuel. That fuel's toxic. That fuel, you might make some money and be like, look what I've done. Ah, but you're burning the wrong kind of fuel. You're going to crash. And at some point, you're going to witness and watch how 
you're not really experiencing the joys of what making money was supposed to bring you. So you're living through basically like I like to call them, you're you're letting your demons affect you. So we set up this life based and built around the stresses that we have never faced head on and resolved. We just find relief for them, override it, and we build our empires, our businesses, our successes, our careers on that stress. That's a foundation that's going to crumble at some point, which is what happened with this client of mine. And the freedom he felt knowing that, yeah, despite everybody he knows, most of them saying, I can't do that for you right now, but thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for sharing me. I didn't know you were in that position. One person said, here, let me help you out here and here and here. Despite him not getting, quote, all the yeses because he did it, it actually made him face the demon. And when he faced that demon, we could we killed it. We could kill it and resolve that stress permanently. It never came back. He still is at dinner with him like last last year because he called after five years of not seeing him. And he's like, I just need to, to share with you where I'm at. I don't usually do that, but I was like, fine, let's do it. And it's amazing to see how much youth, more youth on his face and how he's like, my wife and I are great kids in a, a great school. Everything's working well. I'm making, I'm working with, you know, one or two clients per month, making 150,000 per client per month with these coaching guys. I'm doing this stuff over here. I'm going over here. He goes, I, I, you're in my head. You're in my head. I'm constantly realizing like, wow, if it feels uncomfortable, let me just confront it. Let me face it right now. Let me have that conversation with that person or this thing. He goes, and I'm no longer letting anything burn me out and I'm doing what I love and I'm free. I feel peace on a daily basis. He goes, but it, I didn't realize just even that one thing we did and what it set the precedent for me. It's the demons that we are plagued by that people are afraid of. That's it. But if you don't have anybody help, helping you in the trenches with you, wanting to fight them with you, then how are you going to get through them? They're always going to affect you. Right. And, and Wiley, that, that could be a listener out there right now who to quote you from earlier, they, they might be feeling like one facet of their life is fucked right now and they want to have you unfuck yeah. it for them. So if they want to reach out to you and learn more, potentially work with you, you mentioned you don't take on a ton of clients per year. We didn't disclose you know, your pricing structure and anything like that. But if they're just interest, interested enough to reach out, maybe shoot you a message on, on a social media platform or visit your website, what would be the best way for them to do that to get in contact with you? Honestly, I, I, and I will be blunt, I, I'll be surprised because it does, it's interesting. I'm definitely an acquired taste. And when people hear me, they feel it. They're like, okay, I don't know if I want to lean into that guy, but I like the information. I've had some folks reach out. They go to WileyMcGraw.com. My contact information is there as well. I did that after the pandemic because again, I was behind the scenes for 12 years. No website, no business card. It was all word of mouth passed along. But I, you know, creating something for people to kind of see that, hey, look, I exist. I'm real. Here we go. I also did that so I can share with people the importance of why leadership is failing, why people are falling apart is because people are plagued by their personal demons and they're not willing to confront. And we've got to do something different. We have to flip the personal development space on its head. We have to stop marketing and selling to make money and then helping people secondary. We've got to get people to understand that. I'm in it to, to make sure your life is optimized first. And then the secondary nature of that is the fact that I get to make some good money doing it. Um, we, if we don't do that, we're always going to be on this chase, this never ending quest of more, you know, a never ending work in progress. So if people want to have a conversation, they want to read, it's there. It's wileymcgraw.com. I'm on Twitter at wileymcgraw, uh, having some cool conversations, starting to, to, to shake things up. What's interesting is like now I'm talking to military leaders that I know and talking about everything going on in the world, the crises we're facing and how I can bring my skills back into the military to potentially help leadership structures and things like that. So I'm happy to happy to have conversations with anybody if they're willing to actually, you know, step up and reach out. 
Yeah, Wiley, thank you so much for for coming on the show today, sharing these wonderful insights and really just hopefully helping dispel a little bit of the fear that that some of the audience is probably feeling. You know, I know myself, I go through elements of fear all the time and and what you've just shared I think will be something I can put into action. And so I thank you for that. And yeah, yeah Wiley McGraw if I can, last thought. Everybody, is, I have someone who does kicks my ass all the time too. Don't don't get me wrong. I've got my own performance accelerator. She she keeps me on track. So I'm literally walking the walk. I'm not sitting here telling you to do it and then don't don't do it myself. So I wanted to end it with that. I think that's a great way to end it. Wiley McGraw talking about high achievement versus high performance, the illusion of success. Really appreciate your time. We look forward to catching up with you Thank soon you, and following your journey. Thank you. Thank you.